0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to set the table for all your Sunday action, laying out all the best bets. It's the Sunday Spread with Grant Paulson and Alex Gold on the BetQL Network.
1: Yes, it is. It is the Sunday spread. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody out there at full NFL slate to get to Alex Gold here in Kansas City. And joining me from Boston in WEEI, KJ Carson. This is three or four times you and I have been doing this thing together. Grant Paulson out for this week, but happy
2: holidays, man. Hey, happy holidays. And Mike Tyson says, Merry Christmas. (laughs)
1: <laughs> for those of you watching on twitch i hope you enjoyed that again this is why you need to check us out on twitch.tv slash betql so you can check out the the christmas sweater that kj carson is <laughs> it's, wearing. An one, it's an ugly one it's an
2: ugly one yeah
1: that's the perk that's the perk you of know? watching this show on betql's twitch stream as well thanks to all of you watching uh there and of course listening on the bet stations across the country the odyssey app uh, as well uh, we got a full slate to get to here in a little bit. Of course, we'll have our pick six, our Sunday studs. And the last time you and I did this show, it was Bills and Patriots as well. And I know we differed there. and So I can't wait to talk about this version of it as well. You were right the last time when it like came to the time. Patriots and that, <laughs> that mess of uh, a Monday night football game. So we'll get to that in a second. But I'm curious how you're approaching this week and how you've been approaching the last couple of weeks, because unfortunately, as we know, COVID is kind of putting a, a wrench in everybody's plans from a, an NFL betting perspective. How much are you weighing that even this weekend? It,
2: it probably has me wait a couple of days before I jump on the line. Everybody, if you could jump on early, you jump on early. Uh, but some of the games we'll talk about, one in particular, it just, it just blew me like what wasn't available in terms of, you know, additional legs on parlays and stuff like that. So, I'm always keeping an eye out on who is out and what their position is. If you've got a lineman out, that's not an impactful guy. That's one thing, but stuff like, you know, you've got to change kickers and your quarterback is down or two thirds of your quarterback room. You know, those things, you're just kind of like, okay, we know where we're going with this. So it's, it's an unfortunate situation. You know, obviously a lot of people are affected travel wise, but in in, in terms of when it comes to, you know, putting your money down. I, I think it's just as important as, you know, as you talk about me, Alex, always talking about the weather. But this is this is more than weather related. This is this is this is I mean, obviously it's tough because it's COVID, but at the same time, you don't want to put a bunch of money down and find out the quarterback, the running back, two wide receivers, and the coaches out. So um it's it's been tough. And I know even for Vegas when they've made their lines, it's just kind of like, Oh gosh, I can't go home yet. So you know, hang in there. We're all in this together.
1: <laughs> no question. Because, yeah, those prop bets have been a little tougher, as you were alluding to there. Some of the props, you know, not available until the last minute just because mm-hmm. they're really trying to figure out the lines makers, even trying to figure out who's available and everything like that. And, and I think you made a great point about the balance of, okay, if a quarterback's out, we all know what that means. But just seeing. 20 guys let's say on a COVID list as bad as that may look on the surface all right how many of those 20 are truly having an impact on a spread so I think that's always something to keep in mind the big numbers are going to get the headlines but all right one team might only have two COVID out you know two guys out with COVID but if it's their starting wide receiver and their starting pass rusher (laughs) that's going to have way more impact Uh, so I'm 100% with you on that as well and this weekend there's a chance for some playoff spots to be uh, locked up and it's thing enough, you know, that here we are in week 16 and still none of the AFC teams officially have clinched anything yet. That's probably going to change uh, by the time we get done with week 16. On the NFC side, we know the Green Bay Packers, uh, obviously part of that equation uh, for a division, uh, not for, a div- I guess, a division title, I guess, and, and a playoff yeah. berth. Looking at this week, uh, who do you think also has a, who actually locks up something? Because I know Kansas City has a chance just with a win uh, to lock up a playoff berth, a win and a Chargers loss. They could lock up the AFC West.
2: Out of all the teams who could lock up something, I think Dallas. I think Dallas has a chance to really put themselves in the driver's seat and kind of compete for that number two seed uh, with Tampa and their injuries. I, I think they'll be okay, but I don't think they're they're locking up that two seed. They, they could take a loss, not knowing how strong that team is. Obviously, we'll get into those games later. But I think Dallas is the one team that really sits kind of in a driver's seat now. Uh, the Washington team, they're kind of wallowing in that 7-8 spot, fighting along with uh, the Vikings. Um, Philly, they're trying to see if they can get themselves into a playoff spot. And the Giants are really just kind of like the JV team of the uh, of the NFC East. So, if there's a team that can really kind of start solidifying of what their playoff looks like and what their road may look like, I think it's Dallas. So, um, Green Bay, like you said, I mean, that, I mean, that's pretty much a walk in the park. But I think the Dallas story is something that not too many people are talking about because there are other uh, interesting stories. The Arizona uh, Rams situation that could end up flipping by the seasons over. So there's nothing even locked up even in the AFC uh, NFC West. So but Dallas is that team that I think, you know, pretty much locks up things if, with a win this week.
1: All right, let's get to those spotlight games because you alluded to it. There's some fantastic matchups uh, and not a whole lot of time to get into these. I want to make sure we spend plenty of time starting with that Baltimore game at Cincinnati. Huge, huge, huge implications for the AFC North. If you want a chance to win that division title, you got to find a way to win this one. Baltimore, four and a half point underdogs in the total at 44 and a half. At one point, Cincinnati was two and a half point favorites. And so the lines ballooned up to them as four and a half point favorites. And the story here is the health of the quarterbacks on the Baltimore Ravens side of things that the late edition was Taylor or Tyler Huntley uh, dealing with a non COVID illness. And then Lamar Jackson has an ankle injury. He's officially questionable at the time of us uh, doing this show. And we'll see if he's available. Of course, uh, if he's not available and Huntley's not available, uh, then, then Baltimore gets really ugly at that point in time. But how much do you take away from the first matchup? Because I like Cincinnati at minus two and a half at four and a half. It's get a little too rich for me to actually put some money down on Cincinnati. I do think they won this game. Uh, but forty-one seventeen, the first go around, I think this is a much closer game and lower scoring game too.
2: Yeah, I think also the bad decision that John Harbaugh made last week. Uh, people thought it was really cool to go for it until he probably picked up and looked at, wow, not only did I lose the division lead, but now I'm I'm sitting outside the last wild card spot. So I think if if either Huntley or Lamar Jackson goes, that's going to be key. I think I'd almost give it an equal chance for – Baltimore to give it a chance to win this game. Uh, I thought Baltimore could have won that game last week if they'd gone if they'd gone into overtime, honestly. Huntley looked that good. In fact, maybe probably a little more accurate passer than Lamar Jackson. So, I'm with you in terms of not being a 41-17 blowout again. This game may come down towards the last 4-5 or five minutes of the fourth quarter unless it's not Huntley or Jackson and they've got the third guy like really who's like the mystery meat in a elementary school lunch line, uh, then the the Bengals not only win, I also probably see that spread going up, maybe as high as five and a half, six and a half, if, if it turns out that both Huntley and Lamar Jackson can't go.
1: Yeah. Joe Burrow had over 400 yards passing in the first matchup. Jamar chase over 200 yards receiving. I've got a prop play. I'm sure you do as well, perhaps related to, to this. Cause I, I'm looking at Jamar chase and his number to me is very, very low for his receiving yardage total. And while, as we just said, I don't think it's 41 17. I still think Jamar chase is going to have his opportunities because we'll get both of these teams from that October matchup. You know, I think defensively for Baltimore, they've only gotten worse because of injuries, yeah. unfortunately. And for, the Cincinnati Bengals, I actually think in a, in a way their defense has gotten worse. They were playing at a much higher level overall than they have here the last month. And so the, it's going to be interesting to see what, what gives a little bit. That's why I think it's a closer game. Neither team is is, is playing defensively as good as they were uh, back in, in October in the first go-around.
2: Yeah, I thank God the NFL decided an extra week because these guys, last season it would be kind of coasting. A kid, come up from the practice squad. So you, when, when your defense that, you know, kind of laid your hat on what you do early on and then now later in the season, just natural fatigue sets in, injuries set in, cold weather sets in, uh, the extra week of practice sets in. So, um, yeah, I don't – defensive stops, not – you're not going to see too many of those this week, but you're not going to see a complete leak of both transmission oil and, winter, and, winter <laughs> and windshield wiper fluid, all that stuff. So – maybe like 27 24 uh and, and that way I think Baltimore covers either way like you said you think at two and a half that was okay four and a half is kind of a play to kind of get you to go, no please 2724 somewhere right in that I think is a sweet spot 24 21 so like you said not as high of a scoring game but definitely much closer than the four and a half
1: you mentioned windshield wiper fluid that's a sore spot for me I should tell you what happened I had my I had my windshield KJ replaced recently and whoever, oh whoever did that uh cut the the line for the wiper fluid so the other what? day i was trying to use the wiper fluid it and, just got and the and motor put, sound well, well no the fluid was coming out but all over the in, you know, under the hood oh no bro so, yeah, no. yeah so they thought they were they were the the i guess the uh, not the hey, thank God that guy didn't rubber. go to
2: medis- medical school become a surgeon.
1: Jeez. Yeah, the, the rubber stripping for the window, they got confused, I guess, with the, the line. So that's got to get taken care of. So anyway, oh, sore subject sore subject for me. You, <laughs> you mentioned brilliant. the weather, and you were right. You're the weather man. Anytime I have you on, you tell me the factor. We know last time Buffalo, New England, weather a major yeah. factor. This time it's in New England. Buffalo now a a one-and-a-half point dog. The line's moved here a little bit. It's been back two-and-a-half, down to two, one-and-a-half over at FanDuel at last check. I'll let you start. You're the New England guy. Tell me how you see this one playing out.
2: Well, it's dropped to one-and-a-half because it turns out Ramondre Stevenson is out with COVID. And throughout the entire week, it was just an illness. And there's a part of me that wonders, does this blow back on the Patriots? Because they've been classically known for everybody to be questioned. Like, 40 guys are questionable for the week. And all of a sudden, you know, everybody's available. But I think when it comes to this COVID situation, it's going to hurt the Patriots a bit because Mac Jones, in order for him to be maximal successful, he's going to need both Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. And Damian Harris, I am concerned. He's coming back from the hamstring injury. It's the game. It's the one he went out with in the last Buffalo game, missed last week. And so coming off of Mac and his mistakes last week, but yet the Patriots almost pulled that game off with the Colts. There's just the very burning desire for the Bills to just, I don't know, remember why Buffalo doesn't need to be inside of Lake Erie and versus next to it. There it um, is. I was waiting. Yeah, for yeah, it. yeah you know, it's coming. Uh, I understand why the Lions maker dropped it to one and a half, but I still see this game really coming down to possibly Nick Bolt, putting one through the uprights and breaking Buffalo's heart once again, like, like a flat, just kind of snap it in half. And the <laughs> meteor yeah. side is on the Patriot side. So, um, I'm still with the Patriots. Uh, again, it's going to be maybe a two-point game, and that's why I see it. But with Ramondre Stevenson as a very good second-back option, if Damian Harris gets hurt, that's going to be a very big problem or if he goes out with the tweaking out of the hamstring. So it's something to watch. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a lot of passion. Uh, it's not going to look anything like you saw in that Monday night game. So I do take the Patriots and even still at one and a half.
1: Yeah, i will be fascinated to see how many – throws Matt Jones has in this one, because I'm with you. It won't be there, you there, there you go.
0: There you go. There's another uh, line tension here.
1: Yeah. yeah, look, look, I got to play on this game during the pick six. I think you kind of already maybe can tell where I'm leaning based on my view of <laughs> Buffalo for much of the season. I, I still believe Buffalo's the second best team of the AFC. I really do. And yeah, you just get a laugh over there. I still what did do they even, put it man. in
2: your Buffalo wing sauce there, Alex? Yeah, yeah, man, I'm a big fan
1: of the wings of Buffalo. Some nice people up in Buffalo. They haven't treated me wrong at, at all. We made a bet last year with the folks up in Buffalo.
2: Because they haven't lost to you guys 75 times in their life. That's why.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if they're willing to make a bet this year if the Chiefs have to play them in, the, in the playoffs. But no, look, look at this game. I mean, I think for me, Buffalo, last week, I'm curious, did Brian Dayball actually finally realize, you know what? We need to try to run the ball more. And I know it was against Carolina, who's not a good football team. Defensively, they're actually not half bad, though. But they weren't one-dimensional in that game. And that's been a huge problem for them much of the season. They're so one-dimensional, they refuse to run the football.
2: Well, Alex, that boot and Josh Allen's foot is, is a big factor, right? So he averages six rushes a game. He's the second leading rusher on the team. Last week, he only ran the ball three times. So you're talking well, they about a guy
1: with Singletary. I mean, yeah, but they, was they
2: gave him the ball 22 times before that. It was like nine and six and four. Sure. And so there, I'm a, I'm a big believer that you cannot change leopard spots in week 17, 16 of a season. So yeah. So it's one of those situations where I think it's going to, they're going to force Josh Allen's hand to run the ball. And I don't think he physically wants to run the ball. So if you see a lot of stack stuff, there's no Cole Beasley for him. He started to lean on Greg Davis. Greg Davis had like half of his receptions in the last three weeks. He's out for COVID, and so even though you get Emmanuel Sanders back, I'm I'm happy to put J.C. Jackson on Stephon Diggs all day, and knowing that he's going to depend on Knox across the middle. There's no Cole Beasley, and I'm not a believer in Singletary suddenly just eating up with a bunch of running yards. It's going to be very tough for Buffalo.
1: I got some more thoughts on this, but I want to save it for the pick six because I know we, we both have some plays on this game. Real quick, though, our last spotlight game. How about the Rams and the Minnesota Vikings? You were on BetQL a little bit earlier on in the week. I know you had some thoughts on this game also because I, I stay away from this one. I'm not on either side. I don't, I don't trust the Rams. I don't trust the Minnesota Vikings either. Last check, the Rams three-and-a-half-point favorites.
2: Uh, just to make this real quick, uh, it's going to get to the fourth quarter, and with Matthew Stafford being hurt, and kind of operating. He likes to throw a lot. They're going to depend on that run. I don't think they're going to try and go for the extra chunk of cheese. That's why I see this game probably ending at a three-point game.
1: Yeah, no Dalvin Cook, as we know, for the Minnesota Vikings, although Alexander Madison's done a nice job you know, overall filling in uh, for – uh, him at that running back position. I think if you're the Rams, it's just like, how much do you trust Matthew Stafford actually being able to, to be consistent here down the stretch? I got to keep up together
2: off of the wall, right? <laughs> yeah. And have,
1: have they found something finally, you know, after Robert Woods has been gone for a while and it took them quite some bit, a bit of time to get things figured out. But we'll have some more thoughts on that game. Our pick six, our Sunday studs coming up next here. It's the Sunday spread. He's KJ Carson. I'm Alex Gold on BetQL. QL. Get the table set for all your pro football wagering needs. You're listening to the Sunday spread on the BeckQL Network with Grant Paulson and Alex Gold.
0: Welcome back to the Sunday Spread with Grant Paulson and Alex Gold on BetQL.
1: We continue on a Christmas edition and a holiday edition of the Sunday Spread here on BetQL. Alex Gold, KJ Carson in for Grant Paulson. I was kind of expecting KJ to have like a wardrobe change for those watching on Twitch. I I didn't know if you had multiple Christmas sweaters you were going to run through throughout the show.
2: Hey, I keep it simple. Mike Tyson does it the trick every year, and people get it.
1: So let's get into our favorite plays, though, for the week. We call it the pick six right here on the Sunday spread.
0: The pick six.
1: Okay, we both got into it already a little bit. <laughs> that Bills and Patriots game, I know you've got to play. I've got to play here. Uh, the number, as we mentioned during our spotlight games, it's down to one and a half at FanDuel, but I got it at two and a half. The Bills plus two and a half against the New England Patriots. And here's just how I see the game playing out. For, for me, my issue with the Patriots and Mac Jones, uh, the questions I had continue, right? Mac Jones, when he goes off script, KJ, off script, what happens? I understand in the fourth quarter, he was able to, to, to be much more effective in the fourth quarter. But when they go off script, What does Mac Jones do your own head coach there in Boston KJ doesn't even trust Mac Jones fourth and three kicking field goals what are we doing in the in in near the end zone there Bill Belichick so he doesn't even trust his rookie quarterback that's a major problem that's what I wanted to know what would happen when they go off script what happens to Mac Jones if he gets off script he doesn't have the weather to his advantage. Like he had the last go around, I think it's a big, big problem for the Patriots. Whereas Josh Allen, even in that Monday night game, did not play that poorly. Guess what? Dawson Knox dropping passes. Stephon Diggs dropping passes. That script to me doesn't happen again. I also think Sean McDermott learned his lesson going up against that rushing attack of the Patriots. I like Buffalo to win outright in this one and regain first place in the AFC East.
2: Au contraire, mon frere for my French-speaking fans of Sunday Spread. You're wrong. First of all, the reason why Bill kicks the, because it's, because you get points for kicking it. That game. You must love John
1: Harbaugh. I know you love Harbaugh then. Oh
2: oh gosh, don't get me on that. I'll stay on this game. If Mac Jones was going to make the mistakes, better to do it against the Colts than in this week's game. And I think they've been learned. He makes the same mistakes I make on Madden. I don't see the middle linebacker, you know, hiding in the grass and he jumps up and picks me off. Those are over. I think Josh McDaniels is over learned
1: that. Oh, not, that's it. One game. Those, and he's, those are he's
2: done. Those days are done. You got to see him on live television nationally. Mac Jones is over that. The Patriots organization uses a term and it's error repeater. You get out of the year you, you will find yourself out of the organization if you're an error repeater. And Mac Jones got his error repeater warning notice in that Colts game. So you're not going to see their turnovers. Now, if there is a concern that I have and see why the line has gone down to one and a half, I took it at two, is that Ramondre Stevenson, the good second back, the complimentary back to Damian Harris, is going to be out for Sunday's game. And Damian Harris is coming off a hamstring injury. Uh, look for Josh McDaniels to be a little more creative to protect Mac and not put Mac in situations where he feels overwhelmed. I think the overwhelmed feeling for Mac is done. I don't believe the Bills can get it done because there's no Cole Beasley. And that's his and that's Josh Allen's safety blanket in terms of high volume, eight, ten receptions a game. Josh Allen just coming off that boot the, the foot foot out of the boot from after the Tampa game, only ran the ball three times against Carolina last week. As I mentioned earlier, I'm not a believer that Devin Singletary is going to get it done. And so if you have to pressure Josh Allen into making a mistake, I think you see him make the mistakes this week. And not Mac Jones, and I'm looking at a game that's probably 17-13 or 20-17, Patriots. So, call me a homer, but no way does Buffalo come into Foxborough.
1: Yeah, the no one way. part where I'll agree with you. The one part I'll agree with you is on on the total. I, I think that the under absolutely is where you have to look for this game. If you're going to uh, disagree on the spread, I think you can look at the the total and, and say, all right, this is probably going to be. A low-scoring game. You're the weather guy, though. Weather is supposed to be good, right?
2: Yeah. Well, 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 it's always good when it's a home game, even if it's snow. Factor uh-huh. it in as a home game. Foxborough Stadium is not is 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 one of those top three places that it's just the the energy is absolutely amazing. It shakes up an entire region, and I'm, I'm, it's going to be too much for this Buffalo team that's still trying to figure out what the W looks like in a win column. They're only like <laughs> ten months in. <laughs>
1: All right, where else are you going for the pick six?
2: I've got the Steelers at plus eight and a half against your Chiefs. Is Tyreek Hill available? Is Travis Kelsey available? I don't believe in the running game. Uh, You're asking Josh Gordon to suddenly be something. No, we've seen that story. Where do the weapons and where does the high-powered offense come from? And while even the Steelers are clearly a declining asset Ben is in his last season I think everybody can see it if you have a dog that's older in age I mentioned this yesterday with Mark you never want to kind of give that old dog one more chance to bite you it's going to be concise and it's still going to hurt and I think this is the one chance for for Big Ben to get kind of to ride out the blaze of gory before it starts to get kind of ugly the rest of the season so this may be the Steelers one last chance to upset the world and at eight and a half, it may come down if one of those two, either Kelsey or Tyreek Hill are available, but I like the Steelers to cover the spread in that game with the Chiefs. I don't see the Chiefs being as explosive. And even if Tyreek and both Travis are available, how how much of the game plan have they been able to be worked into over the course of the week?
1: Yeah, so similar thinking actually, but I'm looking at the total. So I like the under 45 here. So I like the under 45 points in this game. And against
2: couple, your team.
1: <laughs> so there's a there's a couple things. Well, here's why here's why I'm going with the under for this game okay. because with, with Travis Kelsey and Hill potentially out. If they are out, then I think it's pretty obvious why I like the under in this game. Even if Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill play, I look at the the offense for the Pittsburgh Steelers and and what you mentioned about the Chiefs offense and some of their issues is absolutely valid. But looking at Pittsburgh, where, where's their where's their points coming from in this game? If they have a full arsenal, they don't have Pat Fryermuth. They're tied in. He's already done for the game, right? The names get everybody excited in Pittsburgh. Chase Claypool and they, you know, before they injured Juju Smith Schuster, we had someone on from Pittsburgh. Actually, one of our Odyssey stations earlier in the week here in Kansas City, and he said, "Yeah, those guys are just names at the wide receiver spot. They're overinflated. They're not as talented as everybody thinks." That's someone in Pittsburgh saying that. I just don't know where the points come from for the Pittsburgh Steelers with the Chiefs defense. That is much, much better since the last time you and I did this show together, KJ. They continue to play at a high level. Last week, they gave up 28 points to the Chargers. Good offense, and no Chris Jones, no Willie Gay, no Legereus Sneed, some of their top defensive players. They're all back, even with the COVID issues uh, for this game on Sunday. So I like the under. I don't know where the points come from for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill play, I still don't I still don't think Pittsburgh is going to be able to push the number over. I could see it being, you know, 28 to 10, 28-17 type of game if that's the case. I don't know where Pittsburgh's scoring points. That's right, KJ. You KJ give me a look. <laughs> like Pittsburgh doesn't
2: have a defense. That's absolutely
1: crazy. Yeah, they got yeah, yeah, a defense that has TJ Watt but like uh, you, you you're right, TJ Watt, but for a defense that has the names on the at uh, the pass rushers the overall Minka Fitzpatrick,
2: their defense isn't that very, isn't that good. They're dead last in rush defense in football. KJ, well, dead last but, yards per carry. But that's why I use the old dog analogy. That fifteen year old dog bites you. It's got seventy dog years of ready to put into your foot, and it's gonna hurt. I mean, yeah, but you put a muzzle on it early. That's
1: what the Chiefs are gonna do. Put a little muzzle on the dog early. God, Alex, God. That's, what's gonna, <laughs> that's
2: what's
1: gonna happen. <laughs> All right, what's your last pick here for the pick six?
2: i have the panthers covering the plus 10 against tampa kind of your argument of where you think the points will come in that chiefs game with tom brady not having mike evans or godwin or leonard fournette uh I, it's going to be a lower scoring game scoring game than what you would expect from a tampa game you're not going to see tom in three touchdowns now the other side of it is like well where do the points come for for the panthers and so But it's really a mathematical reason why I say this. If it's 17-10, right, then there you go. So I don't see see Tampa putting 24 points on the board because just from a mathematical equation, yeah, maybe Cam Newton runs one in and that's seven points. So now automatically you're looking at a team that has to score over 17 in Tampa. And I don't know if Tom is going to do it with the weapons just outside of Gronk. And the defense is going to hold this to a lower scoring game because the Panthers have zero on offense. I mean, if Cam Newton's being told that, hey, Sam Darnold's going to get into the game, do you need anything else to tell you that the <laughs> career is over? So this is going to be maybe one of the lowest scoring games of, of of the of the week. But it's only because of just two things happening at the same time. Tom Brady not having his his, his core of weapons and the Panthers not having anything that could put anything on the board.
1: Yeah, Matt, you know, Matt Rule gets rid of Joe Brady. He wants to run the ball more. Joe Brady, their, their old offensive coordinator. Yeah, wrong opponent to try to do that against, even with the injuries that the Tampa Bay Bucks have. Sam Donald, Cam Newton. I'm curious what that combined passing yard total is going to be. Are we over <laughs> under combined passing yards, 170?
2: I mean, it, actually, what, their, uh, what would their QB rating be? Yeah. Lower or higher than my last geometry score, you know? <laughs> it's going to be low. It's going to be somewhere in the 60s, man, at best.
1: Uh, last one for me. Then I want to get to our Sunday studs and make sure we have some time for our prop bets there. I- I'm just simply going with the Atlanta Falcons, minus seven against the Detroit Lions. I think we all have appreciated the Detroit Lions and, and how they clearly have been fighting for their head coach, Dan Campbell. I think he's grown on a lot of people. In the offseason, it was kind of this joke in his comments. But I think people have learned that look, his-, his players truly love him fight for him and they had a great outing as we know last week against the Arizona Cardinals that was fun to see if you're a Detroit Lions fan but Jared Goff's not playing in this game and typically you'd say oh what what does that matter Jared Goff but last week Jared Goff was actually very very effective against the Arizona Cardinals and so it's TB12 not your guy old Tom Brady Tim Boyle (laughs) starting for the Detroit Lions KJ Uh, that's not good news for Detroit uh, and their running back situation even though last week the guy named Dickerson came out of nowhere and led the league in rushing, I don't expect a repeat performance there. So I like Atlanta offensively uh, still to be able to do just enough. This is a low-scoring game. You talk about low-scoring. I think that's where this one's headed as well. Maybe like a 14-7, you know, to 17-10 7, type of game is kind of where I see this one. But let's get to our Sunday studs. Now that we've gone to the uh, the games, let's get to the players.
0: The Sunday Spread presents the Sunday Studs. I
1: alluded to this one, KJ, when we were talking about the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens, I like Jamar Chase over 63 and a half receiving yards. He had 201 uh, against Baltimore the first go around and a touchdown. Now I'll I'll, I'll admit a huge chunk of those yards were on a long touchdown that should have been uh, like a five-yard slant and he took it to the house. But look, that's just the name of the game. That's how it yeah, works. It counts. At 63-and-a-half. Yeah, at 63-and-a-half, I got to take that over. Even if we both think it's a more competitive game, I still think Jamar Chase is going to get his. a very depleted uh, Baltimore Ravens secondary.
2: Yeah, he'll be able to get across the middle of the field, like you said, take those slants and take them for extra yards. Um, he'll factor into whether the game is won or lost, but definitely an easy play, I think, on the over with, with his yards. So... I'm with you there with Jamar Chase. I mean, it's you're, you. You want to go to you. You want to go to him early. You want to put the pressure on Baltimore to have to try and use their passing game and not just kind of use their you know their multi-headed monster to run the ball. So I'm I'm with you on that one. All right. What's so,
1: your uh, first prop that you like?
2: Okay. the The first prop I like. I like Josh Allen under 22 and a half completions, and the reason why I like that is because I think it, while Buffalo is trying to depend on the run. I don't know if those balls are always going to be caught. If 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 he's if he had um, if he still had what you call it, uh, Cole Beasley available to him, then okay, that's like eight or ten receptions there. I think Stefan Diggs is going to be in. Uh, J. C. Jackson is going to be in his face the entire time, and so maybe he gets to eighteen completions. I think he's going to feel like he's going to have to take some of the game over with his legs, and that's going to reduce his throws. Uh, You mentioned earlier the Dawson Knox drops uh, in the first game. Uh, I think they're going to, you know, hone in on Dawson Knox because there is no Cole Beasley, there's no Greg Davis, so that was a little bit of a secret. So, you have uh, you have a couple of weapons missing. So, Josh Allen under twenty two and a half completions.
1: Allen nineteen completions last week against Carolina, thirty six against Tampa, in that first matchup, and then uh, prior to that, he did have a stretch of let's see, eight games of over 20 uh, completions overall. We'll see what what Josh Allen is capable uh, of doing in this one. I'm going to stay with that game while we're on it real quick. Anytime touchdown bet I really like. Uh, Plus 240 for Dawson Knox, the tight end. And here's my thinking on on this. And you're right, the the drops in the first go-around – to me, the drops, that's not – like Dawson Knox is not known as someone that has the drops, right? It was it was a game where he, he had a, a terrible night, as did the Buffalo Bills. Dawson Knox, I know the targets are going to be there. And so I like, I like targeting someone that I know is going to be able to get balls thrown his way. I think that continues. You mentioned no Cole Beasley. Yes, Emmanuel Sanders and back in the mix. So I think Dawson Knox has an opportunity uh, against a, a Patriots defense – uh, that that is able to, across the middle, give up some yards. And KJ doesn't like any bet that I make for the Buffalo Bills. Well, no, I think
2: because they went, they tried to go to Dawson Knox to win the game, and the and the Patriots waiting he dropped for it. Itself. Yeah, he dropped yeah, yeah. it. He's well, getting no, targets, they, though. Yeah, no, they got in the line of that. Uh, the last one, Terry McLaurin, over four and a half receptions in the game against the Cowboys. Uh, though I don't think Washington football team will beat the Cowboys, it's going to be competitive, and it's all that Tyler, Taylor Heineke has. So – I definitely see that definitely being over four-and-a-half receptions for Denver for for, Clark for sure.
1: Yeah, my last one is Drew Locke, the quarterback this week for the Denver Broncos. He's in, unfortunately, with Teddy Bridgewater. Here's the prop bet. Drew Locke to throw an interception. <laughs> <laughs> it's as simple as that. Turnover prone. Three games, three games, two interceptions. That's the story of his career so far in Denver. I think that continues. Up next, though, we go around the league here on a Christmas edition of the Sunday Spread. Get the table set for all your pro football wagering needs. You're listening to the Sunday Spread on the BetQL Network with Grant Paulson and Alex Gold.
0: Welcome back to the Sunday Spread with Grant Paulson and Alex Gold on BetQL.
1: Well the good news, all those bye weeks are done. We're done with bye weeks, which means for around the league, we've got a full slate to get to. I'm Alex Gold, KJ Carson over at WEI in Boston filling in for Grant Paulson today. And yeah, let's go right around the league because we don't have we have a full slate since all the bye weeks are taken care of. And even with some of the games taking place a little bit earlier on in the week, let's go around the league and start with the Tampa Bay Bucks. You had a play on this game already, but the Tampa Bay Bucks taking on the carolina panthers tampa 10 point favorites at carolina the total at 42 and a half and it's pretty interesting for me on how this game is going to play out not the end result but just how is tom brady going to look without mike evans and chris godwin without leonard fournette and I, i think ronald jones is in for a big day let's not forget ronald jones was was once the starting running back before leonard fournette came in the equation Get, ran out of favor there from Bruce Arians and the coaching staff, but they have a very serviceable backup running back. I think the the running game and Ronald Jones involvement also in the passing game, it, the drop-off won't be as significant maybe as it seems for him and Leonard Fournette, even though Fournette's been fantastic this year. Uh, and on the other side, look, Sam Darnold and Cam Newton are sharing snaps under center.
2: <laughs> yeah. The first time you've ever could say one plus one equals zero, right? So I, I, I think the game is going to move slower than what you expect from a Tampa game, right? Uh, Tom likes to try and get to that three touchdown mark. That's just kind of in his nature. You won't see that. you see a lot of ground game stuff. You do have a B back. So it's not like the cupboard is bare, which it would be if this was any other team. Exactly. I mean, you would say, Oh my gosh, what are you doing? But this is why you, you stack the team. And, and and this is why bringing everybody back looks so genius now because you just don't know what it looks like. So, It's going to be a slow-moving game. I think the Panthers are not going to try and take too many chances to get the ball in the air. There's going to be a lot of time of possession going on. It's it's going to be pretty even because Carolina, Cam Newton will be able to get some first downs. I don't see them getting touchdowns on the board unless they get, I would say, not even in the red zone, but they'd have to get within the 10-yard line to be legitimate to to put touchdowns on the board. So I see it as a lower-scoring game, and that's why I – I have the play at, you know, Carolina covering the plus 10 because it's going to be a slow-moving game. All right. Uh, Chargers at Houston. Chargers are favored by 10 and a half. I like this spread. I like the Chargers in this one. I just guess, I guess the thing is, can they stay healthy? They've gotten banged up in some games. Austin Eckler has been nicked up. Uh, Mike Williams has been nicked up, but he's back. Uh, I, I think if they get a chance to really kind of like flex all of their weapons against the Houston team that will make it interesting for a little bit, but it, the game score is going to get up there. That's why I think 10 and a half is kind of an easy play for me with the Chargers here.
1: Yeah, sour taste in the mouth, uh, mouth of the Chargers. They should have won that game a, a couple Thursday nights ago, of course, yeah. against Kansas City. They had that lead late. Justin Herbert's the real deal. I, I think he'll have some big-time numbers against the Houston Texans. And the one thing the Chargers don't do well, as you know, is is stop the run. Well, good news for them. The Houston Texans are <laughs> running the ball very well against you anyway. Right. Uh, and that's not going to get it done for the, for the Texans. So I like the Chargers, obviously, uh, in this game as well. And, and I think – Given what happened last week, they'll have no issue uh, going full force and being aggressive out of the gate. Uh, how about the NFC East? Uh, a showdown here between the Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Giants, 10-point dogs, a total at 40-and-a-half. I, I really love what I'm seeing from Philadelphia. Look, I, Early in the season, uh, I was looking at Nick Sirianni and wondering, all right, is this guy going to make it very long in Philly? Why is not he use Miles Sanders? Is he run out of favor? What's going on? And now the running game is everything for them. Jalen Hurts looks really effective. They've they've come up with a great game plan and stuck to it. That's the key. What, seven straight games of 175-plus yards rushing as a team? I think that continues in this one against a Giants team that is just thinking of depleted. So depleted, starting with the quarterback spot. And I I love the graphic that came out this week of Mike Lennon's neck. In, in all the month <laughs> I've that on <laughs> social media. It had his neck extended out and each each layer of the neck was how much money he's made from different spots in the NFL. Good for you, Mike Lennon. Uh but yeah, Jake Fromm, Mike Lennon, doesn't matter. The Giants game, yeah. uh it's gonna get ugly.
2: Yeah, hopefully he can get a sponsorship from Toys R Us and bring them back with that neck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man. What was, what was the name of the giraffe?
2: What's the name of the giraffe again? Jeffrey, jeffrey's the right. Giraffe.
0: yeah, yeah. yeah all yeah,
2: right. Yeah. Uh, Lions at, uh, at the Falcons, uh, Falcons favored by seven, uh, no Jared golf, no chance for the lions, uh, Falcons, they have some things to still prove within this team. I think this is one of those games where they have to see who stays, who goes, what does the future look like? This is what the last three weeks I think are. I think this is what the last three weeks are for the Falcons. And so, um, I, I think we're starting to see the last kind of like Ben Roethlisberger. We're seeing the last, the days of Matt Ryan. And so I think it's a chance to really stretch out some of the weapons that are there and uh, see what they have moving forward. And the Lions, with virtually no one you can name in the game, but at least they've gotten past that palindrome where they were 111 and 1. Now they're 211 and 1. You know, the palindrome thing is gone, and they've already accomplished two things. They've won a game, and they won another game, but I don't think they're winning anymore. I'm definitely with the Falcons at 7 under.
1: Yeah, worst roster in football and uh, Dan Campbell trying to build something there in Detroit, but I think they they lose and don't make it two straight wins, and I don't think they cover uh, also. Uh, Let's go ahead and move to a game that honestly I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on because it's Jacksonville and it's the Jets. The Jags plus one and a half, taking on the Jets, the total at 41 and a half. My notes for this one simply say barf. Uh, That's all it is. Uh, Who has any interest in this game? Uh, Somehow the Jags last week, the spread went up and up once Urban Meyer got fired, and there was this belief that oh, Urban's out and the the Jags are going to be freed. Look, long term, I think it was the right move, but Trevor Lawrence still has his problems there that aren't going to be fixed in one week. And so, in, in this game, i I just don't, I just have no interest whatsoever. If you're forcing me to pick a side, ugh. I'll take the team that's getting points. All right, that's it. That's all I got to say on this game. We don't need to spend much time.
2: Yeah, if this is the game that you bet, will there be a safety? Yes. Will this game be tied? Yes. Will people leave before halftime? Yes. Take all the pluses on that. You might win a bunch of money. Don't discuss it at all. All right. Next game we got on the docket. Chicago at Seattle. Seattle favored by six and a half. No Justin Fields. We're going to see the return of Nick Folks. Oh, my gosh. Will it, well, they can't put a statue up in Seattle for him, but I, I don't see Chicago, Chicago's in disarray. Uh, Matt Nagy, he, he's just, I, I, he's just, it's just a countdown clock. After what you saw in that Monday night game, that was just really a bad snuff film for them. Uh, Chicago's completely imploded. We're talking about the guy who was coach of the year just two years ago. Now with the, just the I mean, Justin Fields is not even hurt and he's going to be out of the game. So Seattle gets healthy on this game, wins it. I don't see any reason Chicago has anything on this.
1: I mean, Seattle's been a mess too, but not to the extent of the Bears. I think for Seattle in the offseason, it's going to be interesting. They got to, I think, blow that thing up too, including at the head coaching level. To me, you just elevate Pete Carroll to a front office role and probably at that point ship out Russell Wilson. We shall see how that all transpires. In in the off season. but in this one, I actually would only look at Seattle in a teaser. I would tease Seattle down a six point teaser to a half point because I just don't trust Seattle a whole lot either because their issues. DK Metcalf's really frustrated right now with his playing time or it's not playing time, but the amount of targets he's getting overall in Seattle. So I just don't I don't like this this game all that much to begin yeah, with. Yeah, but
2: Alex, but yeah, one is a kiss and say goodbye. The other one is get out of my house. So fair, that's fair. why Seattle. I think Seattle is going to, you know, they're, they're going to be able to start playing some old videos of to kind of reminisce, you know?
1: The, the next game we go to as we continue around the league, it's the Sunday spread. KJ Carson filling in for Grant Paulson from WEEI. I'm Alex Gold here in Kansas City. Uh, let's go to the AFC West. Broncos Raiders AFC West showed out and it's simple this is an elimination game for the playoffs if you have any chance of sneaking in you're not going to win the division but as a wild card you got to win this one the line movement's been interesting in this game so the Raiders were once favorites Denver one point favorites I know FanDuel's had this line go back and forth Uh, you can see it on the screen it says one and a half again the line keeps moving uh, on on both sides here you know my opinion on Drew Locke I, I like the Raiders in this game to cover the spread and win outright Drew Locke Local kid about lived thirty minutes from where I'm broadcasting from here, but the guy is turnover prone. It's been an issue for him ever since he got in the league, and even in his three appearances this year, he's thrown two interceptions. His decision making is a problem. I expect it to be a problem, even against a Raiders team that has not looked impressive whatsoever, against a Browns team last week that was without multiple guys, and, and they nearly lost to third string quarterback Nick Mullins.
2: Well, at least their family gets to come out to see him for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, son. Take this L. All right. Next game on the docket here on Sunday spread Side of the pad. <laughs> hey, Pittsburgh at Kansas City. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, an eight point, eight and a half point dog. I'm taking them on the dog side only because if Tyreek Hill and uh, Travis Kelsey are both still in protocol by time this game starts, I do wonder where the scoring and the high powered offense comes from Kansas City. I'm not a believer in the running game. Now, here's the thing when the Chiefs get into the playoffs, the running game becomes more proficient, but I think for what they do week to week, it's so heavily dependent on Travis, uh, Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. So I'm taking Pittsburgh and Ben to have one last stand to at least cover the spread. It doesn't mean they'll win, but they'll 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 make it close.
1: Yeah, we know the Steelers have so much to play for. They have to win out to have any chance of the playoffs. For Kansas City, they're trying to hold on to the number one seed after Tennessee wins. And, of course, the Patriots right there, depending on their result of the game, against the Buffalo Bills. And I like the under in this game of 45. We, we discussed that earlier during our pick six. I, I just think it sets up where this could be a, a pretty low-scoring game based off of what you said, which the unknown of Kelsey in Hill at the time of this show. And then on the other side, I just don't know where some of the offense comes from for the Pittsburgh Steelers based on Kansas City getting Chris Jones back in the mix and the difference maker that, that he's been for this defensive turnaround. Uh, throughout much of the season. All right, the last game around the league, it's Sunday Night Football. It's the Washington football team taking on the Dallas Cowboys, the Cowboys' 10-point favorites. And this one has some uh, off-the-field uh, aspects to it, unfortunately, there with Washington and the tragedy uh, involving one of their it's safe safeties uh, there on that football team uh, with a car accident. And, and we kind of have seen how how that's impacted football teams, uh, both the, the Raiders and now, again, unfortunately, the Washington football team. I think that only adds to the equation here. Unfortunately for Washington, this is a Dallas team that, as you started the show with, has a chance to, to lock up this division, has a chance also to maybe keep pace and have a, an outside chance at the number two seed in the, the NFC, if all goes well. From a betting perspective, uh, I like Dallas still to, to cover the 10.5. Let's real quick, though, uh, get to the Hail Mary.
0: It's now time for
1: the Hail Mary. KJ was shaking his, his head. He didn't like my, my thoughts on the Dallas game there. All right, my Hail Mary, real quick. Chargers, <laughs> plus 850 to be the highest scoring team here in week 16. I think they're upset. Bad taste of their mouth from that Thursday night game. I expect them to, to, to go full force right out of the get, uh, get-go there against. Uh, I'll go ahead and give you that real quick. 30 seconds.
2: Yeah, run quick. Don't see Hail Mary Jacksonville, the lowest scoring team at plus 1300 this week. Read about it. Don't watch it because that's going to be the worst thing you could do to your eyes. Jacksonville Jets. (laughs) I like it. That's KJ
1: Carson. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to everybody out there as well. Thanks for hanging out with us here on BetQL. This has been the Sunday Spread. Sunday, get all your wagertainment with the You Better You Bet countdown to kick off from 10 a.m. to noon Eastern. Available on BetQL and the Odyssey app and streaming live on Twitch.tv.